morning. Oh, you can do better than that. Good morning. morning. It's a beautiful day. God has blessed all of us to behold another day. Amen. Amen. That we really didn't deserve ourselves. Amen. Amen. We want to look at our scripture text today found in Luke, the 16th chapter. We're going to read verse 1 for you. And he said also unto his disciple, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and that same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. Uh, George Myers said that you can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. Amen? Amen. So I want you to get up out of your pity party and realize that the power you have comes from God. Watch this. Listen, my brothers and sisters in Christ's creation. When God wants to grow us, he makes you and I uncomfortable so don't fold or quit under pressure. Amen. God is trying to shift some of us out of our comfort zone and make us step out on this thing called faith. Faith is not something that you can see, but it's something you believe. It's something that walks with us. It's something that guides us every day of our life. Are there any faith walkers in here today? Are there any worshipers in the West Side today at this 11 o'clock service? I don't know about you, but the first two service pushed me, amen. If you talk back to me, I might preach and we can get on up out of here. Somebody want to go watch Texas win today, amen. I know KU and K-State, Bama let us down, but God is still on the throne. Amen. Listen, the text can be broken down into two parts. One is the part of the parable that's in verse 1 through 8, and then it's the application of the text that's found in verses 9 through 13. I would encourage, encourage you to go read that. But in verse 1, it identifies that Jesus is speaking to his disciples, but there is a suggestion that his audience is a mix of disciples and Pharisees. Um, you, you know Pharisees, those people who wrote the law, who understand the law, but yet thought the law did not apply to them. You got some people in your neighborhood like that. You got some people in your family like that. And hopefully you don't have none of those people in West Side. Amen. Uh, but it's, it's funny to me that, that, that some folks know what to do is right, but because of outside influences that they fail to do it. You, you know it's right to love your neighbor. You, you know it's right to when you walk in the room to say good morning or good afternoon to give the greeting. Amen. But because sometimes other people you hanging with, you don't want to do the right thing, amen? But I, but I come to encourage you today to do the right thing. And we're going to look at the text. And in the text, you should be able to identify yourself as the unjust steward. You say, oh, Pastor, what you mean? Watch this. The unjust steward represents all of us because all of us at some point in our lives have done some unjust stuff. Come in here. Y'all too quiet for me. Y'all ain't real up in here. You, you, you and I have not always walked in the pathway that we're walking today. You, you made some mistakes, amen. You, uh, mama told you to go left and you went right. Daddy told you to go right and you went left. You, you, you thought you got to a place where you just understood, hey, I'm grown now. You know, I'm, I'm moving up out of here. And you didn't realize that was a light bill. That was a mortgage. That, that was insurance. And all these other things that came with running a household. Amen. And then you mess around and begin to have some children. Amen. And you wanted some new shoes, but you had to buy the baby some new shoes. Amen. Some place in life, the text tells me that this unjust steward 
when he looked at what he was doing for his master, watch the text also said, not only was the steward unjust, but his master was. Look at the text. I'm like, Jesus, what are you saying in this text? Most theologians, most scholars, they they stay away from this text. Uh, Pastor Casey and Pastor Lance threw this text at me. I don't know how they figured I could handle it, but I'm going to try. <laughs> they said, they said, they said, hey, Bishop, you got that text. I said, well, that's a, they said, oh, you got that one. I said, okay, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to try to do a little justice to the text. So when I look at the text, so the unjust steward, he skims off the top. Now, Alabama, that means he, he was stealing. He was pocketing something. He was misappropriating something. Amen. So he was taken off the top. And he thought he was doing something good. But watch what the unjust master does. He does not condemn the man because when you go further down in the text, you see that the man still collects money, but he didn't collect what was due. So he gave the people the debtors. He gave them a discount. An unauthorized discount. You know, you go to Walmart. Y'all don't shop at Walmart. Y'all, y'all too rich. You don't shop at Walmart. But, but, but that's my favorite story, amen? So, so you go to Walmart and you get a lady 20 and she, your bill come up to 10, but she give you 20 back. And you say, oh, I've been blessed. No, you ain't been blessed. You're stealing. You're scheming off the top. You just cost that cashier to be $10 short, amen? So what you have to do is give it back, amen? Now, they're going to look at you kind of strange because that ain't the behavior of today's world, amen? People, people are not used to you and I doing what is right. But because we have to do what's right because we answer to a higher power. We, we have a higher standard. We, 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 we're accountable to a higher person, amen, than ourselves. So watch this. Because your children are watching everything you do. They're going to say, they're going to say, Dad, you gave her 20 and she gave you 20 back. And they say, that's not right. So what the unjust steward does, he thinks he's doing what's right, yet in his righteousness, he's still wrong. And then the unjust master allow it to take place. He, he condemned the behavior. Watch this. But I see myself and I see Jesus in the text. I'm the unjust steward because there's some stuff in my life Jesus told me to do this way and I did it another way. But Jesus, like the unjust master, he looks beyond my fault. He looks beyond all my inadequacies. He looks beyond my failures, and he still supply my need. Is there anybody in here can see themselves in the text? Can you see what Jesus has done in your life? Oh, y'all, y'all been saved all your life? You ain't did no wrong? Okay. On my way here this morning, kid, I, I was the unjust steward because the speed limit said 55, and I was rolling about 85. <laughs> oh, that I, I was an unjust steward. I got to break it on down, bring it home to you, because some of you looking at me like I ain't did nothing wrong. I, I've been this good at two shoe all my life. I've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody said I've been filled with a ghost, and some of us been filled with a spirit, and ain't the Holy Spirit. Oh, you'll get it on the way home. Come on, loosen up in here. This is 11 o'clock. We're on our way out of here. Amen. And it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. But watch this. It's important that we know to whom Jesus is talking to in this parable. Though he's talking to his disciples, the Pharisees are eavesdropping. That's why you have to be careful when you're talking to your children or you're having a conversation because somebody else 
is listening in on what you and I are saying. My wife and I was at the Cheesecake Factory not long ago, and we was having a heated conversation because she wanted to go spend some of my money, and I ain't have much to spend. And I was like, baby, it'll go on sale. She said, oh, no, it's, we, I got to get it today. I got to get it today. And, and right beside us was a young couple, and they began to talk about the Lord. They began to talk about some things they was going on in their life. And I told my wife, I said, see there? We have to be careful because you never know who's sitting next to you. You never know who's around. You never know who's listening to you, who's eavesdropping on you. Husband and wife, you got to be careful. You might need to take a drive when you're going to have a heat of the moment so the kids ain't eavesdropping. They say, Mama, Dad, what y'all talking about it now? And they, you're going to say, well, we're talking about paying the light bill, which you know you're lying. <laughs> Come on here, loosen up. I need some help in here. <laughs> but watch this. So, so when we look at this text, we see ourselves, but when we look closer at the text, I'm looking at the, the behavior of the unjust steward and the behavior of the unjust master. Both of them are manipulative. They both are so money-driven. Can I help somebody? All money ain't good money. Mm, mm, mm. I, I, and, and watch this. Everything we have, everything you and I own, it still belongs to God. He has entrusted us with it because we have become spiritual mature enough to handle it. Come here. 20 years ago, he couldn't give me the doctrine degree. Well, then it would have swelled my head. Ten years ago, he couldn't have, he couldn't have, Giving me the ability to go and try to get another doctor and a PhD because I would have thought I was just all that in a bag of chips. Amen. But when I got spiritual mature enough to handle what he was going to bless me, the, the truth of the matter, he already wanted to bless me with it, but I wasn't in a place to handle it. Come here, y'all. That some of you sitting in here today, he want to give you some more stuff. But he know you can't handle it right now. You 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 think you did this on your own. You 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 think you the top dog on the block. You know you 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 think I did it. I I, I got hit by my I pulled myself by my up by my own bootstraps. But John Dunn said, "Ain't no man an island. We must depend on God. We got to trust Him every step of the way. You got to trust Him on the mountaintop." You got to trust him in the valley. You got to trust him when you're sick, you face cancer, whatever that giant in your life may be. You still got to stand on the promise of God. He promised all of us that he'll never leave us, nor will he forsake us. He said he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Is there anybody here walking in a place that you have an abundant life? Or you can say Amen. I won't tell case on you. Say me in the picture. <laughs> Watch this. The text reminds us that our wealth and our possession and our talents, they still belongs to God. Can I share a story with you? And, and I'm not closing because when I say that, they think I'm closing my sermon. Watch this. I, I remember several years ago, I suffered a brain aneurysm and I working on a, I was vice president of human resources, so now I'm bringing in a pretty good chunk of change. That's the really only reason my wife married me because I had some benefits. Uh, but 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 I, when I got sick and 
And the doctor said, listen, you can stay on the job and make a lot of money or you can, re- I can pull you off. You make less money, but you live longer. Sid had a mortgage. Sid had two cars I was paying, but had two or three kids in college. I'm like, Lord, how am I do this? The Lord told me, he said, do you trust me? We got a saying in Alabama, say, do you trust me? Peace of the way, all the way. And I had to step down and say, Lord, I trust you every step of the way. When I got home that day, my wife had a sign on our refrigerator, because, you know, I don't really like clutter on the refrigerator. But it said that Jeff shall live by faith. I come to tell somebody this morning, wherever you're struggling, I dare you to trust God. I dare you to step out on faith because the just shall live by faith. And what I've found now that my wife and I, we do more with the little we got. Because when you put it in the hands of the Lord, he takes that little and it becomes much. He takes your two little fish and, and your five loaves and he blesses it. And then you got enough to feed your neighborhood. Come here, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, you ain't always ate steak. You ain't always went to the very fancy restaurant. You ain't always had a nice car. I growing up, I was driving a hoop there, amen. I was hoping they'd get me there, and I was hoping they'd get me back. Come here, somebody. Oh, I grew up on some hand-me-downs. I couldn't wait for my big brother to grow out of his clothes so I could get a new wardrobe. But the just, we shall still live by faith because there's some stuff in the text of the unjust steward that reaches all of our lives right where you and I are at this moment in time. Amen. When I look at what God is doing, there are four things I see in the text. I see the individual in the text. I see the problem of the text. I see the ideal and the solution in the text. The text that now he was also saying to his disciples that was a certain man rich who had a steward and the steward was reported to him and was squalling or wasting time or money or acting in a reckless behavior. All of us have wasted some time and some money and acted in a way the church folk just don't act. No, let me back it up. As Christians, as believers, don't act. Amen? I dare you to leave here today and somebody pull out in front of you. You're going to show me who you really are. Oh, I know, I know. Tell bitch, you don't experience it. Oh, yeah, I know. Folks, hey, I was, I was driving up with that 4th Avenue the other day, and somebody gave me a finger. It wasn't a peace sign either, amen. And that was a time I would have got upset but got furious. But I said, oh, Lord, bless them. Because one day they might be one of my members, so I got to act like I know the Lord. <laughs> we never know. What God is putting in front of us. That may be your neighbor one day. Maybe somebody that come into West Side one day. And all they can remember, oh, I flipped them off and they flipped me off. Amen. But you don't want to be reminded of that. You want to say, they can say, I flipped them off. And that's the reason that person didn't flip me back off is because they knew the Lord. They was a member of the greatest church in Leavenworth, West Side. Amen. Other than Sunflower. <laughs> come on, get a Lord a hand clap of praise. I need to loosen you up, amen. This is my third round, amen. Listen, I want you to leave here today understanding that you and I are no better than the person sitting to our left or our right, our front or our back. 
And just because I'm standing in this pulpit or this platform, it doesn't make me in a greater or less than you. We all are God's children saved by his grace and through his blood. He has made all of our inadequacies and changed them into a place where we reflect him. Oh, we reflect him. We're wonderfully made in his creation. We all are brothers and sisters through the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't care where you come from, Alabama, Mississippi, New York, New Jersey, wherever. We're still God's children. And we're gathered in this place to let the world know that the God that we serve, he's able. Anybody know he's able today? Oh, he's able today. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or even think of. The God that we, he's able, he's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than your high blood pressure. He's bigger than the struggles that you're in right now. He's bigger than whatever the devil is trying to destroy your marriage. He's bigger than that. Uh, I got to push back. I've got to be like the young folks. I got to put the brakes on it because I feel a Baptist hoop coming. Amen. Oh, oh. Oh, my God. Y- y'all pushing me today. Watch this. Watch this. So when I look at the text, I see Christ in the text. Because no matter what we have done in our life, he's still there with open arms, telling us to come unto him. All of us that are burdened and heavy laden. And he promised that he would give us rest. In other words, that word rest really means in the original Hebrew, it means that he's going to give you a place of peacefulness, a place of quietness, that no matter what's going on around you, no matter how chaotic the world becomes, that you can go in this place and it seems as it doesn't bother you. Why? Because my confidence is not in myself. It's in Christ Jesus. Anybody got some confidence in Christ Jesus today? That no matter what's going on around you, no matter... How, how turbulent the world may be, how dysfunctional the world may become, that I still know that God is a God of my peace. He's a God that keeps me in the midst of my storms. Joel Osteen put it like this. He says that God does his best work in the middle of our storms. Oh my God. I need, I need to help somebody over here. God does his best work in the middle of our storm. Oh, he, he, he does his best work in the midst of our storm because in our storms, that's when we're the most vulnerable. That's when you can't rely on your own strength. You can't rely on your education. You can't rely on your bank account. You, you can't rely on what name or what street or, uh, or what county you were born in. All you have is him. And him alone is able to keep you and I when we can't keep ourselves. Oh, it's in the text. Watch this. Jesus He's going to always be there to comfort and strengthen us. The parable is an appeal to us to understand the nature of God. The nature of God, he's merciful. 
And the predicament of man is that we all are sinners that are saved by grace. And our salvation is grounded in our complete trust of God. And how much dishonest to God are we? And only you can ask that question. How much deceitful are we? How much do we owe God? We owe him everything. How much merciful is God than the rich man? They're the same. The rich man, even in his wrongness, he shows mercy to his steward. The steward realized this, that I'm about finished. The steward realized that he was at the brink of being terminated, being fired, being separated. He was going to lose his job because of his behavior, and, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. And here's what God told me to tell this crowd. He said, stop blaming the other person for your own behavior. You got to stop saying the devil made me do it. You just made a conscious decision to do it. Amen. Amen. The devil didn't make me speed this morning. I sped because I wanted to get here on time. (laughs) I wanted to be on time until they invite me back. Amen. Well, I got good news for you. Jesus is coming back for a church without a spot or wrinkle. He's coming back not for a denomination, not for a certain culture or ethnicity of people, but he's coming back for the true believers of him. He's coming back looking for all of us that reflects him in his creation. Do you know he's coming back? The one that was born in poverty, he's coming back. Wise men brought riches to the loneliness of his cradle. He's coming back. He's coming back. The one who was born a helpless baby. They tell me that he could not be uh, a crater in the end, but he was born in a stable place in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a thing that they would feed uh, cows and hogs out of it. And, and yet, wise men, they came to see him. Jesus. He come, the one who stands, the mighty pillar of the universe. The one who, who was born in somebody's crib. The one who, who, who rode on somebody else's donkey. The one who sailed in somebody else's boat. The one who spoke to the sea and said, peace, be still. The Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last. You and I, everything. God is our everything. The one that was buried in somebody else's tomb. The one on good on, 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 on Palm Sunday that was crying, Hosanna. Yet they crucified him, hung him high, scratched him wide. And he got up on that third day morning with all power in his hand. I'm glad he got up because he saw you and I. He got up because he knew Westside needed people like you and I to spread the gospel in Leavenworth County. I'm reminded as I go to my seat of a story. <laughs> you know, every Baptist preacher got a story. <laughs> Of a father 
who wanted to teach his son how to catch lobsters. So they rented a guide. God took him out. So the guide catched a big lobster. Not the kind you're going to get a red lobster. <laughs> and, 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 and the father looks at his son. The son looks at the father and lobster pretty big and their mouth get the water because they just know they're going to take this lobster home, throw them in some ball, make some shrimp ball. Y'all know about that. And, 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 and so the guy does something that blows their mind. He takes the lobster and he tags the lobster and throws the lobster back. Man looked to the son, son looked to his father and said, why would he do that? So the father asked the man and inquired to him, why would you tag it and throw it back? The guy says to the father, because the lobster was pregnant. And whenever we catch a pregnant lobster, we tag it and we throw it back. Can I help you today? Many of us in this room have been tagged. God have tagged us when death wanted to take us away. Death wanted to kill us. Sickness wanted to take you out of here. Cancer invaded your family member. God said, because you're tagged today, because you've been tagged with purpose, you've been tagged with destiny, and listen here, you are greater than your circumstance. You're greater than what other folks might think about you. You know why you're great? Because you've been tagged. Some folks said that you weren't going to be nothing, that you weren't going to amount to anything, and because you tagged today, and because you might have had a baby when you was 18 and had a baby out of wedlock, and because you did some stuff in your ignorance as an adolescent, God said, I tagged you. And when I tag you, the devil could not destroy you. Is there anybody in here been tagged? Oh, I need the real people that have been tagged. Oh, are you in here today? You want to stand on your feet and tell somebody, I've been tagged. Yeah. Yeah, I've been tagged. The stroke couldn't take me out. The brain aneurysm couldn't take me out because I was tagged. And I had to be here to tell you that that wasn't the end of my story. But the devil meant for evil. God worked it out. For you and I good. Can we pray today? Turn to God our Father, we thank you for this place of worship, these believers. And because you tagged us, God, we said thank you. Thank you, God. And if you're here today and you want to be tagged, we got prayer warriors, prayer warriors that will pray for you. If you want to spend some time with me after church, I'll be in one of these corners hanging out and we'll pray for you because we want you to be tagged because we want the devil to know that no weapon formed against this house shall prosper. God bless you.